What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back to the GOAT District Live via the Player Profiler Network. Six weeks in the rearview mirror. The sample size keeps getting bigger. But what exactly do we know this time of year? And what don't we know? Are there any rookies out there that haven't popped yet? Should we be cautious rest of season with any of them that have? Is zero RB the dominating strategy for 2023? John Lobb, a.k.a. the Gridiron Scholar, and the most passionate man in fantasy land. His voice literally sets the tone, and we love having him right here in the GOAT District for his often hot but accurate takes. We have a lot to get to, so grab yourself a cold one, smash the like button, and let's get District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash off is the best. You try to make it complex, then they text you back. Now all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back into the GOAT District. And we have another big show tonight. We've got my boy Dan back from cruising the life. Dan Dan not only went to a couple Twins games, but he sent us pictures of, of him in a in a hot tub with a couple Twins on the back of a boat one day. On, I don't know if that was on a lake, an ocean, but I'm glad to have my boy, the overhyped sleeper, back in the GOAT District with me. Guys, if you're tuning in for the first time, we're on every... Tuesday night, starting tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right after the deep end, so you can get back-to-back high stakes, high win rate fantasy football content right here on the Player Profiler Network. And like I said, Dan, we have one of our favorites tonight. I talked about his voice, his passion. Tonight he's rocking a nice teal Dolphins hoodie. He's the gridiron gridiron scholar He's John Lobb. John, welcome back to the district. We're pumped to have you tonight. Yep, absolutely. Oh, is John got froze? A bit, a bit of a freeze there. I think he is. All right, we'll give John a minute to to get things together and uh, hopefully get unfroze. Uh, but yeah, I I always love having John on the shows. He's uh, he's I can run through a brick wall after I, I spend an hour <laughs> without a doubt. So a good way to uh, describe it. Yep, that's that's the way to that's the way to go. And uh, I mean, the the knowledge he has on the rookies and everything, uh, you know. And this is weirdly enough, I think, a great time to be talking about rookies too, because we're you know we're just a few weeks into the season, um, you know, and we're we're looking to see you know these rookies that we we're also high on in twenty twenty three. You know, some of them have popped, some of them haven't. You know, who do we still have hope for? All that kind of stuff. So, uh, without without a doubt, it's going to be a lot of fun. 
exactly. We talk about the passion. We talk about there he is. He's, he's doing the, the exit and come back. It's like the power button of streaming. You know, you, you leave, <laughs> you leave the, the, you don't know how the, the, the technology works. It's not, it's malfunctioning. You press the, the power button and, and that's what you did, John. We're glad to have you back, buddy. I'm so sorry we were talking before the show, and as soon as you get on the show, all of a sudden I get that circle. I'm like, that's Never not fails. good. Never yep. fails. <laughs> that's it's all not good, buddy. Good. Glad so I'm to glad you. to be back, though. Yep, glad to have you, too. This is, uh, this, I was just saying, this is one of my favorite shows. Uh, I'm ready to run through a brick wall after I get done talking with you, so let's, let's <laughs> oh, get out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we have John here often in the goat district uh he's he's definitely a, a college you know he, for us he's our one of our rookie specialists we had our his buddy matt hicks from the rookie big board you guys are both co-host the uh the rookie big board and specialize in that area we love having you on but a little different right now we, we we're bringing you in kind of in the season six weeks in we've got a lot to get to let's start macro john and let's look a question that i asked you know your buddy matt you guys had a lot you know, of time put into this year's rookie class. How good has the 2023 class been as a whole after six weeks, in your opinion? And has it been above or below expectations for you? I think it's been a little below. I, I expected a little bit more. I think part of it was because the quarterbacks on the top, most of us kind of the dynasty junkies, I would assume playing super flex, at least that's the feeling that I get. And when you think about three quarterbacks, the top four, that's pretty exciting in a super flex league. And we knew we were going to get starters right away, right? And realistically, only one of them has performed at a level that we were hoping for, and that's obviously EJ We'll talk about him a little bit more later. Bryce Young, I mean, I have my question marks. I think I was on with you guys in February. And I had warned a little bit about Bryce Young, and I said, you know, I don't mean to be a sizist. It's not what I want to do. But Bryce Young's concerns about his height, when I've broken him down and watched, now there's always rookie, right? So he's still a rookie. But I feel like the height has been a concern for him. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's they're not rolling him out, if he's not intuitively finding lanes throwing the football, if it's the lack of weapons in the middle of the field. You know, there's factors that we don't have. But at the end of the day, the eyeball test tells you that Bryce Young hasn't been very good throwing the football. Now, ironically, Adam Thielen's a star again, which is a whole other story. <laughs> He's just peppering him, but nothing else is happening. Isn't, isn't that cliche, though, at this point, John, like the, the vet receiver with the rookie quarterback, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, and he knows where he is, right? He The, the rookie says, hey, I know Thielen's going to be there. Even if he's covered, I'm throwing the ball to him. Um, C.J. Stroud. I had C.J. Stroud number one. I never wavered on him as number one. I thought he was incredible at Ohio State. I, I saw way too much of C.J. Stroud. The eyeball test, the scouting report was positive. The numbers were off the charts. I think I said it on your show. I was on a bunch of shows, so I apologize. But I'm like, if you plug him in my model, CJ Stroud's numbers were just simply outstanding at Ohio State. And I just want to digress for half a second on something. I find it fascinating when NFL people and analysts and they they start saying things about Stroud. They're like, 
oh my god he's accurate he's really accurate deep down the field i'm like did you never watch one piece of tape like the one thing he had at ohio state was incredible accuracy like you could not now i know he had superstar receivers like like that that was somewhat the argument right oh my god who couldn't throw the ball to those players but you know what he was as good as i thought he, he's been simply incredible. I mean, he looks like, at worst, the Kirk Cousins quarterback in Dynasty. Who doesn't want Kirk Cousins? I mean, I'm sorry. I know he's not the, you know, he's not the bright, shiny star. But C.J. Stroud looks like he's going to be a 30 to 40 touchdown guy in his prime and, and throw for over 4,500 yards. I'll take that. I mean, that's unbelievable. The, 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 the X factor the whole offseason to me was always Anthony Richardson. Always Anthony Richardson. The numbers, my model didn't like him. I had questions about him on film. Yes, he was the bright, shiny star. I say, it it would be like seeing a gold nugget in 1851 in fast-moving rapids in Colorado. Like, you want to get the nugget, but you might die, right? (laughs) Like, you, you want the nugget so bad. And Anthony Richardson, you couldn't help but notice the spectacular plays of Florida. But, man, did you watch the whole game? Did you see the other plays that he made? Now, I think one thing. We were spoiled with Cam Newton looking back. A dual-threat quarterback who was that big, he survived that long. And eventually the shoulder just gave out on him. Like, that is going – when we look back like five, ten years from now – we're going to look back at Ham Newton and be like, oh, my God, how did he do that? How did his body take that punishment? He was just so big and so good until the shoulder went out. He was really durable. You know, what did he have? He had like a five-year run there that not very many dual-threat quarterbacks did what Cam Newton did, and he brought the team to a Super Bowl that was 1-15 before he arrived there. Why do I say that? Anthony Richardson never played a full season of Florida. Now he didn't have a seat. I, I mean, it seems like he's out for the year now, right? That's the reports we got from, yeah. from me, yeah. right? He's out for the year. I watched, he won me some money in DFS. I watched a lot of them. You can't play like that in the NFL, folks. You just can't. I'm sorry. The, the human body isn't meant to take on 300-pound linemen and safeties who are 250 I mean, and the, and the shoulder gave up. And that does, when you look at the hit, like he fell on the shoulder, right? It, it, like you look, I've seen players get hit like that and you shake it off. Maybe he misses a game. But I think that was more of a culmination of the other hits that he had taken. And all of a sudden, just the way he landed, right? Just the way the body weight landed on him. It just, it there it went. Obviously, now we're looking at a season ending in, injury. He can't play that way and survive in the NFL. I'm sorry. The defensive players are just too good, too fast. So I'm concerned there. So the quarterback position hasn't been as what I hoped. We haven't, I don't think we've seen another rookie. Levis hasn't been on the field. No. No, and did no other rookie quarterback, right? I don't think so. No. No, Hooker hasn't been on. He won't be on. I don't so think. Let me ask you quick, John, with regards yeah. to to Richardson as a Colts fan. Is that on him to change as a quarterback? Is that on the 
off on the OC? Is that on, on the coach? Is that, you know it's what I mean? The on the system? It's on the, coach. it's on the coach. You have to teach them how to slide. I don't care if you have to bring in major league coaches who teach sliding. You, how about bring in RG3? And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's there's a guy who had a, you know, was on a similar arc. And, uh, you know, man, if, if you if you can't get down, you're, you're not going to last long. And you can you're even not, look at the can. guy who was drafted, uh, you know, just a, just a, actually to the Colts in luck, right? The same the same year. And they were always compared. He's another yes. guy whose career was cut short because he was getting hit too much. Yeah, Lux was more of a culminate. The body, I just think he knew the body was breaking down, right? Mentally, physically, just too many hits. It was because I don't think he had a season-ending injury, Luck. Right there, it was just I think he just said I'm. I just don't. I can't yeah, he he had. I think he had um, uh, something. Did he have an Achilles or he had something? That yeah, was I mean. Different than his other other uh, injuries, but it was enough for him to say, "I don't want to go through this again." You know, yes. with regards to, yeah. to rehab, like he could have played that year, at least opened the yeah. season up physically. But he just said, "I'm out here." Yeah, look, there's no question the coaching staff has to force Richardson in practice. I don't know what you know the modern game. I mean, are you blowing whistles in practice to make him slide? Are you bringing in sliding experts like? He's got to learn how to slide. You can't do that. Now, if it's the Super Bowl and you're John Elway with the helicopter flip, I get it. Like, you know, you're going, but you can't be doing that in the third quarter of the second game of the year. So how, you know? how far how far does your, well, I guess, you know what, I'm answering my own question. I guess your concern for him long-term just depends on if he changes the way he plays, you know, if he's going to dive or not and how the team's going to protect him. Would, would be the obvious yes and i think i hope this is a learning experience that's yeah. how i this is an opportunity for him to understand that hey if i want to be an nfl quarterback long term and let's is long term five years now like we're no longer even looking at the philip rivers ben roethlisberg career arc we're now looking at shorter windows if i want to have a five-year career after this i've got to change how i play football and, and I've got to be smarter with my body. And, and that's that's going to be something he needs to do. And, you know, ironically, I, this summer, you're going to think this is weird. I was watching a lot of 80s football, a lot of Joe Montana, Dan Fouts, Dan Marino, John Elway. Just it's on YouTube. I'm amazed at the number of things out there. One thing that I, I don't know if the game is faster, the defensive players are faster. Quarterbacks were intuitively able to avoid hits more, I think. I think part of it was their pocket passers, so they had to learn how to sidestep and avoid those big hits. Like, you didn't want Lawrence Taylor blindsiding you when he did Ron Jorsky in that classic highlight, right, where he just – he basically rips Jorsky into the turf. So I, I wonder if this new generation of young men are so athletic. They're so good at the high school level. They're so good at the college level that they come into the NFL and they just don't know how to avoid that slip and slide. Get the ball out of your hand. I mean, Montana was, and obviously I'm looking at a Hall of Famer, so it might be unfair, but he was the master of avoiding. Now, he did by Jim Burr the Giants, got him once, and you see some hits. But when you look at the totality, he could get away from those big hits. I don't see these young men doing that. They just don't intuitive. Now, ironically, C.J. Stroud 
I think he's your classic pocket passer. Like he's really good in that pocket. Is he is he your rookie offensive MVP uh rookie of the year right now? Yes, without with a chin on the sideline, there's no question that it's CJ Stroud. Dan there's no agree, question. You agree with that? You weren't here last week with Matt. I asked him the same question. Yeah, I think that's got to be the case right now. Now, I, I do think it's possible for a Chan to come back and, uh, you know, if he, if he rips it up down the stretch, we could be, you know, and, and Houston doesn't make the playoffs or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of season to go. But, yeah, right now I think you got to say it's Stroud. Is Laporta in that? I know we're going to talk more about him later, but is he in that equation for you guys? I think it's Not, tough for a tight end to win Tough for a tight end, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just I couldn't vote for a tight end unless he had 1,200 yards and and yeah. Stroud just really I guess something would he'd have to fall off a map. All right, yeah. we're we're gonna come back with a ton more with the passionate and just knowledgeable John Lobb right after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout, but then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community and then you can browse the community's lines and say hey this guy's crazy i'm gonna take the other side it's cool and they have fantasy bingo rival fantasies reminded me how much fun i can have with fantasy football and use that promo code player the promo code is player they give you a 100 instant deposit match plus 25 dollars plus a free play that promo code is player for up to 125 dollars in deposit bonus and a free play you can't beat it. All right, we are back. Let's talk zero RB real quick before we get into specifics, looking at specific players. I mean, you look right now at top five running backs, John. You've got oh. A-Chain, which obviously uh, – or not A-Chain, sorry. His his teammate, actually, Mostert. Yep, Mostert. Um, and then you've got Kyron Williams. Now, my question is – they're both in the top five right now. And Dan, I want you to touch on this after. Is zero RB the strategy for 2023 so far? And is it the one that'll win fantasy owners leagues this year based on what we've seen so far? John? Oh, I thought you meant Dan. I'm sorry. Sorry, brother. No, I, I said I'd go to Dan after. Well, I, 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 always oh, okay. like to, I always like to give the, the, the special guest the, you know, the, the floor first. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I would say right now it looks like that. But I'll say... Yes, that looks like the the right strategy this early in the season. But you've got to have hit on Mostert and Kyron Williams really for this. If you did, you're at least one of them. If you got both of them, which was more than possible, then you hit the grand slam home run of all time. But let me say this. What if you draft Devontae Adams and T. Higgins or Devontae Adams and Jalen Waddell? Are you feeling great about it? Possibly. I don't know with the Raiders right now. What if you had Je- Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins? Yeah. That team, you know, so there's a lot of factors involved here. I would say, hey, I had a lot of teams with Nick Chubb and B. B- John Robinson. So obviously those teams, you know, aren't working right now with the running back position. 
But I would say in general, if we were to, you know, I don't know, look at a hundred thousand rosters, if that was possible, I bet you the zero running back is more successful at this point, unless you somehow got the bad luck with the wide receiver or you hit the nuts on the running back. You know, you did get Bijan, which he might be the only one standing right out of our early draft picks. And I guess Tony Pollard, but he hasn't been great. But at least he's on the field, right? Barkley's out. Chubb's out. There, you know, at least you, if you had Bijan and Pollard, you're at least standing competitively in the backfield. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the the zero RB uh, is working very well right now if you drafted the right players, you know. But there are guys out there with, uh, you know, like uh, Tank Big. Uh, Tank Bigsby and um, I'm trying to think who all else, but I mean, there's there's a lot of RB zero candidates that have also you know fallen flat and just haven't really done anything, um, you know. So like I have a lot of teams with Kyron, I've got a lot of teams with Atchain, um, I've got a lot of teams with Monster, you know. So I'm I'm feeling great about those teams, you know, because some of those I added like uh, you know Christian McCaffrey to that, you know, and I'm I'm trotting out four running backs every week and feeling fantastic. Uh, but there are other teams where I, you know, they they sound exactly what uh, John described. You know, I got Justin Jefferson and T Higgins, and you know, it's just like a world of hurt at wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> you know, because you got to hit on every, you know, you got to hit on both wide receiver and running back to really make the zero RB fly. Uh, the other thing, you know, we have had a lot of, um, uh, you know, injuries amongst some of the top drafted running backs. Some of those guys are coming back, like uh, you know. James Conner might come back. I, I think Aaron Jones is uh, on his way back here. Uh, you know, Eckler, Barkley, you know, guys like that. And they could be, you know, they could be massive down the stretch. So as long as your team hasn't fallen too far out of contention, you know, even if you, you know, you had a couple of those big-time running backs, uh, you know, you, you still might be able to, uh, you know, just get right into the playoffs and, uh, you know, power past some other teams at that point. Yeah, and I think that's the important part, right? Is is you got to hit on the on the right guys. Like you, your yep. strategy's got to be right, but you also have to hit the right guys. It's not just about drafting zero RB, you know. And and, and you're definitely going to win. So, um, love love all the the um, the input guys on the strategy. I know it's always the big debate, right, coming into the season. So it's nice to kind of uh, touch on it, see how it's going. I know Fantasy Mojo will definitely have a lot of data on that. Uh, you know whether that's after the season or as we get further into the season. So make sure you uh, you stay on top of that. Let's get into specifics, though, John. Let's get into the weeds. Let's. We talked about a chain. We talked. I'm still calling him a chain. I don't care. Uh, we're still. We're still talking. We talked about Laporta a bit. Stroud. You know, kind of these early breakouts when we're talking about rookie guys that we're comfortable putting in our lineups when they're healthy. Are there any rookies that haven't popped yet that Fantasyland can still maybe either go buy in Dynasty or maybe look for on whether it's waiver wires or, or try to get for cheap in, in redraft leagues right now? Yeah, I love the question. And I started immediately doing re- research in my end. And the first guy who popped up, and it might seem counterintuitive, but I think Kendra Miller of the Saints is someone that you should be getting. You know, Kamara's still there, but I haven't been, have, have we been really impressed with Kamara? It seems like that little extra, you know, he had that juju in him, that 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 pop and go. It seems like that's gone. Maybe it's the Sean Payton magic. Maybe it's age. 
what are the odds of Kamara making it throughout the season? That we're just seeing every, you know, Eckler. We just mentioned Eckler before Dan. I forgot about him. He went down, right? He just came. He didn't look very good last night, but the whole Chargers didn't you know they lost that game. So maybe a guy like Ken Miller, week 11, 10 or 11, he might be getting those opportunities where he can make a difference. To me, the wide receiver, I mean, I like Rasheed Rice, but I think people know him by now, but he hasn't really exploded. Now the question is, will he just start feeding him? Like, I mean, how many times do I see Marquez Valdez Scantling get an incomplete pass? Like, do I need to see that anymore? <laughs> or, or like, you know, like a fade pass to Sky Moore gets three yards out. Like, come on, man. At least Rasheed Rice makes things happen. Like, why are they not giving him? Now, again, we're not in the locker room. We don't know what's going on. Is he running the wrong routes? Is he confused somehow? But, man, when your eyeball test just constantly tells you he's the best receiver on that team, but why is he not getting peppered? I, I just – that is mind-blowing to me in my book. Um, I, I won't mention now you have someone who you brought up later, so we'll talk about another guy who I loved watching this weekend, so we'll talk about him later. Why is Jalen Wyatt not on the field for the Giants? I don't understand this. I, I'm serious. I want to write day ball and just go, what are you doing? You got a home run hitter. Your team has no speed. You got six useless slot receivers. You draft the Bolitnikov <coughs> award winner. He falls into your lap. Why is he not on the field? If for no other reason, run a deep post, son. Two routes. You're going to run the post or you're going to run the, the vertical. That's it. You got two routes. Why is he not on the field? He, The Giants have no one. No one. I don't understand. He, he did. He did get the most the most targets he's had so far yet this this past week against the Bills with four targets. That's by far the most he had. Most. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's no, I mean, what you just said. He yeah. got the most targets with four. Yeah, and I mean, could they be any worse? But could it be a, just a, a matter of Danny Dimes? Maybe like obviously he's 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 not. He's not playing well. He's not getting the ball down the field well. So are we going to risk launching long bombs to a rookie, you know, within the first four or five weeks? Yeah, well, the I'll offensive line is paper mache, basically. <laughs> oh, excellent points. But there is a thing called a wide receiver screen. There's this little thing called the jet sweep. There is, like, there's other ways to get – I mean, because if there's one guy who could score a 60-yard touchdown on this Giants team – no. It's Jalen Hyatt. Which they like, could clearly no use. <laughs> I mean, there's no one else. So I like him. I bet you. I mean, it's hard to say with so many dynasty leagues and we're so educated. But I think he's the type of player, if you might put out an offer right now, you might be able to get him because, look, you just said he got the most target for. So you might be able to get someone who's a little frustrated and doesn't want to wait until Dable or that offense wakes up. Now, I agree with you. His skill set is getting open 30 yards, 40 yards on the field one-on-one. And the Giants don't have the time in the pocket. But then get the ball to him in other ways. But that's a – you're right about the offensive line is a problem for his skill set. 
But then that's the coach's job, isn't it? To find other ways to get the ball into your players' hands. You know, so I think that's part of it. Another guy who I, I'm trying to trade for, and, and it seems to be a little hard, but just my leagues. And you guys, I know you play more Dynasty than I do. Ajay Spears, I, w- what are the Titans doing with Derrick Henry? Like, why is he on their team? Send him to the Dallas Cowboys right now for a third-round pick. What are you doing? He's a useless 18 running back, 10 What we've seen out of Tajay Spears are glimpses of real high-end production. Now, I don't think he could handle 20 touches. We did have the medical concerns, but obviously the the, um, Titans coaching staff cleared him and has not affected his play last year at Tulane, and he doesn't look like there's any remnants of Tajay Spears right now. But bank on either A, Derrick Henry just gets hurt again because he is an aging running back, or B, they're smart finally, which that's a whole other question. They unload him to a team that needs a running back because there's no way that a team as bad as Tennessee should have Derrick Henry on that football yeah. team. Yeah, it's like it's like that it's like that team, John, in your in your dynasty league that's holding like you know Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, and like you know Devontae Adams, and they have no chance of winning or whatever. There's no chance. Like, what are you doing? Because you could get a third round pick for Derrick Henry, right? Like, he still has <laughs> some value. Don't mess up my. I'm sure he might. Me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just. I just that I just don't understand. So I, there's little things that don't make sense why you're sitting on him. So I like Tajay Spears if he can go out and get him, or maybe Derrick Henry goes to Buffalo. I mean, there's places he can be a difference maker. You know, in Buffalo in the cold, you want how are you going to beat Miami if you're Buffalo? You got to get home field advantage. You got to get Miami to play in the cold. And what are you going to do? You're going to be physical with that defensive line that Miami's not very good. Because you're not going to outrun them. And no one's going to outrun Miami if they're healthy. That's just so. you got to think they need a running back as James Cook. It's going to be a difference maker up in Buffalo. Dan, you got anyone to so add? Those, just the, like, those are the players. Just real quick, I like all three, all, all of those names that you I mean, Kendry Miller, you know, everyone knows I love him. Uh, Rashid Rice, probably my most owned receiver rookie-wise. Dan and I know we, we drafted a lot of Spears, um, a lot of these guys that, that you mentioned. Is there anyone – there's one that stands out in my head, Dan. You usually like to say names ahead of me, so I'll let you go first. You might throw it out there. If not, I will, and then we can uh, move on to the next. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw out Marvin Mims because he looks like by far the, 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 the guy with the most juice in the entire Denver offense. Uh, but mysteriously, uh, Sean Payton just doesn't want to use him. Um, you know, which I, you know, I get Mims is not, you know, he doesn't run every route in the, in the route tree or anything like that. Um, you know, but at the very least you ought to be used, uh, like you're talking about using Jalen Hyatt, uh, at the very least. And, you know, I think he's probably a little bit more advanced as a route runner than Hyatt anyways. So, you know, that I just don't understand why Mims isn't getting the ball a lot more, why he's not out in routes a lot more not getting snaps a lot more, all that kind of stuff. And I do have one other name, but I'm going to let JD say one uh, just in case that's his. So, Does it me. rhyme with Mac Arbonnet by any chance? Yeah, I actually, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say. I, I'm, think, I'm thinking of Zach Charbonnet. Just, you know, even if it's 
because yeah. of injury or you know whatever whatever might happen in Seattle. I know they just had a bit of a a tough matchup, but I like Zach Charbonnet. He's got the size, you know, six foot two fifteen. He's in a, in that offense that likes to run the ball. And I mean, he's shown flashes. You know, we talked about oh, Spears. Yeah. Charbonnet's shown some flashes, and he passes the eye test for me. Um, I, I like Charbonnet a lot. I know, again, you know, a guy that we we drafted a lot in the district, and hopefully, he can still pay off this year. Dan, is who were you thinking about? Yeah, I was thinking now is a good time to put in some offers for uh, one Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, because, you know, he really hasn't done that much so far this year. I don't know how much he will do this year. Uh, you know, he's running behind Lockett and uh, Metcalf, uh, but I think the, the Lockett problem is likely to go away next year. And, you know, so I think JSN is, you know, he's just kind of getting that almost redshirt year right now. And, uh, you know, but I do expect even later in the year, they'll probably try to open him up a little bit more, get him a little bit more involved. Uh, you know, they love running their uh, their 12 personnel because they love to run out of it, you know, and that takes uh, JSN off the field. Uh, you know, but just use that as a smoke screen right now to, to go ahead and get a player that uh, for a cheaper price than what he would have cost you in May or June. Yeah, I, think, I, agree with, I agree with you on Marvin Mims, but didn't I see he got five snaps last week or the week before? Like, yeah, he's been getting very low volume last so three games. Gross. Yeah. It's so gross. Like, I don't understand what, like, you're like, come on, man. Brandon Johnson's catching touchdown passes in the corner of the end zone. And, and Martin even, returned a kick. Even when, Mims, even when Mims did produce that, it, it was on low volume, right? If I'm not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's had nothing but low volume. No doubt yeah. about it. And I just, I don't understand it because, I mean, you know, it's basically his fantasy points per touch have been off the chart. You know, so efficient. Yeah. And you know, basically, when you've got when you've got guys who are you know totally efficient and they're being starved for targets, you you bet on the the targets changing rather than the efficiency changing. We got a question nineteen twelve asking about QJ. Uh, what are we doing with him in um, in uh, at the Chargers? I'm not. I mean, he wasn't a guy we were very high on, Dan, in, in the district. John, I, I don't I don't remember. No, I don't I'm, think you were. Um, what are your thoughts? Any hope for him this year with uh, with uh, Mike Williams being injured? Last night was very disappointing. What do you have? Two targets? I don't think he yeah. caught a pass. And you have to figure if you're the staff, right? You're the Chargers coaching staff. You've lost Williams. You have a week to prepare. You you know because they had the bye, so you had two weeks, right? You had extra time, and you end up getting the guy two targets. But I'll say this. And I have my concerns about Quentin Johnson. But I said this. When you watch him broke out at TCU, they schemed plays for him. What I don't understand, it looked like last night they didn't even have one play for Quentin Johnson. Why? You're going to need the man from now until the end of the season to at least give you something. You didn't have five. Say, Quentin, we got five plays for you. We're going to call some of these plays. When they call, you're the number one guy. Nothing? Nothing? Like, I just, that is like to me a failure of the coaching staff. So I don't really, I'm not happy. I, I have my questions about him. But man, the coaching staff didn't make his job any easier whatsoever. Like, that was bad coaching in my book last night. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that you got to at least say, you know what, we're we're gonna run him out, you know, on a you know a deep post or a fly or something like that, and just we're gonna we're gonna throw him the ball three or four times a game, no matter what. Uh, you know, I think he did have a couple of uh, targets wiped out by penalty last night, but oh, okay, you know, but still, wow. uh, <laughs> it, it, that 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 doesn't really detract from your point at all because he was still starved for targets. Yes. Um, someone was asking about another guy that I, we weren't very high on, Damian Pierce uh, in Houston. I'm trying. I was trying to pull up a draft board to see where he was going. He's like RB thirty two or something like that right now. Yeah, um, fourth, fifth round, something like fourth, that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was remembering. Uh, yeah. So, so here it was like sixth round, but yeah, he's going in that four to six round. Um, do you think he's worth a roster spot? I'm guessing uh, this question is for redraft. John, I, I, I think it's for redraft. No. Yeah, I think he's worth the roster spot. We are so starving at the running back position. And I do think he's dominating the snaps and the touches. Um, I didn't look in the last two box scores, but I know the num- the production hasn't been there. But I do think he's on the field because I do – when I watch the Texans, I'm watching C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins and all the air – Right, but I do think um, Pierce is on the field. So when I get that many snaps, I'm going to keep a running back just because I can't imagine you being that you have enough depth where you can get rid of him. You're just not getting production yet. Yeah, and that's the position you want that depth at. I mean, he's, he's, yes. he's, he's you know. Yeah, unless you're talking small leagues, small rosters, you know, then I can understand. But, you know, I think probably the biggest concern was that this past week, uh, Devin Singletary outsnapped him. And, you know, I how much that means, I don't know. Uh, but we also know that Devin Singletary is not that great himself. So, uh, you know, this thing could ping pong back and forth a few times. It's very disappointing if you drafted him, you know, with a, a quality pick. Uh, you know, but sometimes you just got to say, you know what, I'm going to hang on and uh, hope for better days ahead. Let's go the other way. We talked about rookies that haven't popped. Are there any, John, that have popped where you want to caution or, or you think maybe we should temper expectation kind of on the back end of the season? I mean, I guess the one that stands out the most is Puka Nakao. Will he be able to keep up this production? I mean, I I got him in the fourth round in all three of my dynasty drafts because it wasn't even like – it just he became the screaming value. I mean, I can't tell if I loved him that much, I would have drafted him in the second round. So I can't tell – you know, it's kind of like the Tom Brady. If the Patriots knew Tom Brady was great, he's not lasting until the sixth round. Puka, but he kept sitting there, and I'm like, I like, I liked him, right? like I liked him, but I wondered where he was going to get opportunities because he fell in the draft, right? And then he was on the Rams, so I was like, okay, but look, he's been a star, but I don't think his numbers will be equivalent unless knock on wood something happens. I hope it doesn't. The Cooper Cup, that's that's the only way he could I think get peppered with 15 targets again. Um, let me see if there's anyone. I mean, a chain is hurt, so we can't talk about him. I guess he flowers, but he hasn't really get a lot of these short little dump offs. Like he's not really doing a lot. I don't know what Lamar Jackson can do with him. A rookie tight end, I think that's the X factor. What is Laporta going to do over the long season? It's a tough position 
physically demanding. Can he keep this up? As now they got Jameson Williams. What if Gibbs gets on the field, gets some of those receptions away? So I, I think Laporta might have hit his ceiling right now because we do know the proverbial rookie wall is coming, right? And yeah. he's a tight end with lots of talent around him. So I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that up. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm pretty much at the same place. There's not anybody I'm really too, too concerned about. Um, but Laporta, for that reason, I, I think makes a lot of sense. That's a good way to look at it. A couple other tight ends that were highly um, drafted, I guess you could say even, especially like Dynasty Rookie, tight end premium leagues, uh, tight end premium redraft tournaments. You Once, um, you know, Kincaid was unfortunately the first one off and off the board. Uh, we've seen his snap shares, John, decrease every single week. He started 80%. Week one down to 52% in week two. He's got no touchdowns, 17 receptions, 118 yards uh, receiving in five games as a tight end 26 fantasy points per game. What are your thoughts on him? And what are your thoughts on Michael Meyer, who was a bit of a pleasant surprise this week uh, against New England out there in Vegas? So I'm going to talk about the latter first because I alluded to him. I thought Michael Meyer was incredible this week. I, I'm putting – I actually saw in some redraft leagues people have cut Michael Meyer. So I'm looking through my – I'm like, all right. I, it's like that 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 gif where the guy's screaming at the keyboard. And I'm like, you know, I thought Michael Meyer looked great. I mean, they obviously designed passes for him. There were a couple where he was so wide open. Now, obviously, the Patriots weren't ready for Michael Meyer to get on the field and make that much of a difference in the – passing game but that's what i saw at notre dame michael meyer was my number one tight end he was not number one tight end in the draft but he was my number one tight end i thought he had a very high floor with a his ceiling isn't there he's not going to be <coughs> excuse me i don't think he's a 1200 yard tight end i just don't think that's his game i don't think he has he's going to get the breakaway 40 yard touchdowns but i think he looked great if Josh McDaniels is going to continue to scheme a few plays for Michael Meyer, he will be a difference maker for the Raiders. And what we've seen now with Jacoby Myers being a really good, I mean, Jacoby Myers won the pleasant surprises in fantasy football this year. Now the question, we have a new question. Can the quarterback get him the ball if it's Brian Hoyer or if it's, um, Aiden O'Connell, so we have another X factor. But when you have Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs, well, where is Michael Meyer on the pecking order of the defense, right? They don't have to worry about him at all. So, I, I mean, they won't, so he's going to have opportunities. I like my Michael Meyer a ton. Kincaid, you have the Dawson, X the Dawson Knox X factor. Obviously, the Bills like Knox. He brings something on the table that they like. He's he's a professional tight end. He's not a difference maker. He's not going to be a star. But he does what you want as a coaching staff. Josh Allen obviously likes Dawson Knox. Because you know Josh Allen has enough say, I like Knox on the field. And then we have the rise of Gabe Davis, right? Gabe Davis has been better this year. So when you have Stephon, did I read that right? Does Stephon Diggs have five 100-yard games already this season? I think I was reading that. Like I, do, I believe that. 
Yeah, I would believe that. <laughs> that would be. I'll, I'll look it up, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he's been great. So you have a star in the De- Stefan Diggs. You have Gabriel Davis playing well. Then you have Knox and James Cook. So yeah, I you're just correct. You are correct. Yeah, sir. so I don't know where the targets are going to come for Dalton Kincaid this early. And again, this is where we don't have the knowledge. What is Dalton Kincaid doing in practice? You know, we can't get beat reporters don't tell us anything anymore of value almost. So we don't know is is Dalton Kincaid, does he not understand the whole playbook? Is he running some wrong routes to get the coaching staff mad or Josh Allen can't rely on him? We don't know because no one gives us those reports. But I bet you Dawson Knox doesn't make those mistakes. So I think I'm I'm very concerned about about Dalton Kincaid this year. And and Dan, we've we've talked about uh, well, we talked about it uh, a bit last week. Gabe Davis has stepped up. James Cook has you know stepped up. So that kind of pushes Kincaid back if he's not necessarily kind of grabbing you know uh, that that kind of role where he's getting more more targets and even now more snaps at this point. Yeah, this is this is where you have to take a step back and look at an offense as a whole. And basically, this offense is digs. And then after that, it's a very broad target tree. You know, yeah. it's it, it's like it, it. I know it's not fifty percent, but it feels like fifty percent of it's going to digs, right? Yeah. And then the rest of it is all. You know, we we've got all those guys you mentioned. You know, you can you can rattle off about seven eight Bills receivers that are part of the passing tree, and none of them is really getting that many targets other than Gabe Davis occasionally. Uh, you know, so Dawson Knox, or excuse me, not Dawson Knox, uh, Dalton Kincaid's got to work himself into a place where he is, you know, like more, uh, more reliable, more, you know, a, a target that uh, Allen wants to throw to more than Gabe Davis, because Gabe Davis is the only other guy who's really got that much value in the passing game. You know, the running backs certainly have some, but as far as, you know, like wide receivers and tight ends, Gabe Davis is the only other guy other than Diggs who's got that you know, even like, a, you know, some sort of startable value. So in, until Kincaid can surpass him, uh, it's you just got to leave him on your bench. Dan, he completed, it, it, it feels like it because it, it is even more. So 30 attempts for Allen last week, 16 targets were to digs and 19 completions for, for Allen. Uh, I mean, he's getting peppered. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, they win that way and that that's successful. He's just going to keep doing it every once in a while. He'll launch one of Davis, you know, to, to keep Davis up. But, um, you know, now they're talking about bringing in, do we care, uh, John, that they're, they're, you've got Leonard Fournette kind of visiting uh, now with Damian Harris being out with a bit of an injury? I'm surprised Fournette hasn't been signed yet. I think that would be a good move for the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, it seems with um, Latavius Murray getting those goal line carries, they did sign Damian Harris. We had heard rumors that they did not want Josh Allen to run the ball as much. Well, it has become evident if you watch Buffalo, they're not going to let their franchise quarterback take those deadly hits. I mean, I wonder if the nine touchdowns rushing, those might be gone Hopefully we'll still get three, you know, maybe four. But they're they're bringing. I would assume if you're bringing in Leonard Fournette, and he's been a good short yardage runner in his life. Now might not have have reached the expectations that we wanted when he came out with Christian McCaffrey in that class. But if you watch him at Jacksonville, then you watch him at Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. 
There's two things Leonard Fournette can do well. He can catch the dump-off pass and get the first round with that big money. And I think the Bills are saying, why don't we bring him in, take a look, because he could help us here in a pinch. I thought you were going to talk about eating burgers, but then. <laughs> <laughs> he might like those too. <laughs> fat, who, who doesn't miss Fat Lenny? Come on. Oh, hey. <laughs> the, the Fat Lenny jokes are, 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 are fantastic, no doubt about it. I wonder, you know, I was actually wondering what he looks like shape-wise right now. Like, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great question to ask because, you know, you, you would think with all the running back injuries that have happened, you know, that, that Fournette would have been taking some visits at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, and why he's not, I'm not sure. Is he not healthy? Uh, is he just saying, you know what, I want to be playoff Lenny. Uh, you know, I want to be Lombardi Lenny, and that's all I'm interested in. So I'm going to wait until, like, week 14 or something like that to sign with a team. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's and and we, I mean, we up. saw Kareem Hunt who who came in late. He he went off this week with uh, I think twenty plus uh, fantasy points. Uh, got himself a nice touchdown. Let's go to Baltimore, guys. I Kareem Hunt looked good. I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's what I mean. So you you would think that Fournette yeah. could easily come, especially in a good offense like the Bills. You know, uh, oh. he complements Cook nicely, I believe. Uh, I think that'd be a nice add. And and I'm I'm like you, John. He's on the back end of a lot of my roster, especially in those fantasy pros, like those big tournament leagues. Just because yeah, 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 yeah. he, he seemed like the obvious, you know, him and Hunt just seemed obvious. Like he's they're going to be added eventually. So hopefully we see it. A guy that is coming off injuries in Baltimore. I mean, Gus the bus is there now that J.K.'s hurt. He's he's in rehab with Aaron Rodgers right now post Achilles um, surgery. Anything on Keaton um, coming back? Uh, you know his his style in Baltimore. Do you think he's gonna carve himself a, a nice role there with this opportunity, or do you think he's kind of another one of these running backs, rookies, uh, young running backs in in this offense that's gonna be kind of you know like Dan talks about narrow target trees, is a narrow offensive tree in Baltimore with uh, Lamar, you know, running and throwing the ball. So first, let me say Keaton Mitchell was one of my favorite players in all of college football last year. His numbers and what he did at East Carolina were unfreaking believable. He was a true home run hitter. I bet you if I looked at the deep stats, he probably had like 10 touchdowns beyond 40 yards. He was unbelievable, and his yards per carry were off the charts. But two concerns with me. He's a little undersized. If my memory, he should be about 180. Am I about yeah, when, in the when, ballpark? He's listed at right? 179. I was just looking at that. 5'8", 179 on player profiler. That's, that's a tough size. So what I would be banking for, because he doesn't fit the mold of a Baltimore running back, right? We usually see bigger, more between-the-tackles runner. Now, I don't even like making this analogy, but I will make it for this show. He's a poor man's Devon A. Chain. He is. But you can't out efficiency in the Baltimore offense. I mean, what makes Mike McDaniel such a great coordinator is he yeah. gets his playmakers one-on-one -on -one in space, right? Have you ever seen a Baltimore Raven one-on-one -on -one in space? So, like, I look at Mitchell's skill set and what he brings to the table, and I don't think it fits the Raven scheme. Not... Not at all, because I want this man one-on-one -on, -one on the edges. That's I want the wide pitch 
or I want the quick screen, the quick pass, right? He needs a lane, but you give him a lane and Mitchell's gone. I And at 179, at 5'8", can he really take more than 12 touches a no. game? No. So that, you know, if, if you're okay, at this point, we're looking for warm bodies. If you have the roster base, nothing wrong with picking up Keaton Mitchell and just sitting on him. I just don't have faith that that's the offense that can use him. Yeah, if you need a starter now, you're not necessarily grabbing him. But if you want depth or possible yeah. popping on your bench, Dan, anything to add with the running back in Baltimore? We're running out of time here. We're going to have to squeeze some some uh, rapid fire. Yeah, I think I think John nailed it. Um, you know, he's just not a great fit. You know, basically he's he's like a little bit smaller uh, uh, Justice Hill, uh, who is also very fast. Uh, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I. It, we we haven't seen Hill pop for four years. He's finally popping a little bit now because they're, they're pretty much out of options, um, you know. So maybe Keaton can do something. Maybe he's a better, you know, instinct more instinctive runner than Justice Hill. Uh, you know, that would be more for John to say than me. But uh, you know, I I don't hold out a ton of hope for Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, it's two guys you want in Baltimore: Mandrews and Lamar, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> Let's go to Uncle Ted. He's been patient. Zach Evans or Jordan Mason? We've got uh, news that CMC is back, but you've got kind of that Elijah Mitchell versus Jordan Mason out in San Fran. And John, Zach Evans right now, probably the hottest piece of ace on the waiver wire right now. I'm taking Zach Evans because if he earns that starting spot, he could really produce. Jordan Mason is hampered on the depth chart, and we all know Christian McCaffrey's healthy, which it looks like he's going to long-term he should be healthy. Mason is not really going to be the guy. He was interested coming out of Georgia Tech. But I want Zach Evans because I want to hit the home run. What What's your expectation before I go to Dan with Evans? We've seen Kyron Williams just tear up, tear it up, like a t- couple touchdowns a game, just volume, uh, everything you want. How, wh- how much of that can we get from Evans? If Evan gets 70% of the touches of Kyren Williams, I would be very happy. Okay. What he's going to do with that, I can't exactly tell you. He was a disappointment at TCU and Mississippi. So, I, I mean, I do like his upside. There are flashes of brilliance on his college tape. But I just don't know if he can do it for the long term. But if he gets that volume, 70%, I'll take that any day. Dan, how much of your budget – thousand bucks he's spending on Evans if you need a running back right now uh really depends yeah how much I need a running back because uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think he's gonna you know I, I think Kyron's pretty well got this job locked up as long as he's healthy um you know I guess I don't see Zach Evans coming out there and really tearing the job away from Kyron Williams. What we're more concerned about is, can he tear away a piece of it? Uh, and I think that's a little more possible, but it's probably going to be a little bit more of the low volume value touches, um, you know, it, more of the rushing, less of the receiving type thing. And, uh, you know, so for that reason, I'm not going to put a ton into Zach Evans. Uh, if I really, really needed a running back, I might go 150 or something like that, 188, you know, I don't know, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think you're probably looking at maybe, because the thing is, Dan, that because of how, how good Kyron's been, they're going to want him back soon too, right? Like they, they're right. pretty competitive. Oh, yeah. uh, they've been decent. And, and the way this team is right now with, with Stafford at quarterback, it's not like they're, you know, thinking they're going to be on a five to ten year run here. They're, they're, they they want to win now. So they're, they're going to want Kyron back. 
um, ASAP. Appreciate the question, Uncle Ted. You guys have been awesome in the chat. We got a couple of quick trade questions, John. We're going to run by you dynasty-wise. Dan, uh, you've got a question uh, with a couple of quarterbacks. Is this a, que- a trade that you been asked or where does this trade come from well this this trade is coming from i i have been offered uh lawrence plus uh jameson williams plus a second for justin herbert uh i i'm thinking about turning that around and asking for lawrence and a first for herbert thoughts is this like just just background is this competitive rental i i am i am not competitive in that league i am looking to it was uh basically a productive struggle um so what happens when you don't share the team with me, Dan? John, yeah, it, no, no, it was a startup with a productive struggle in mind. So I'm, I'm working on collecting first. What do you I think, Dan? Uh, or, sorry, John. I would, I would immediately want the Lawrence first round pick side. There's no question in my mind. I, I'm willing to take the risk on Lawrence. I still believe him. So I would want you do, the would Lawrence. You with the, would you do it with the Jameson second or no? I would, but I would really push for the first. I would kind of, okay. I would try to just helping you, out, but I would all those angles. Yeah, comes job. I'll take Williamson in the second. All right, so I've got a Renault mode similar idea here. Tight end premiums, uh, super flex. Just Jeff, Justin Jefferson. A lot of people not knowing what to do with him. I actually bought him today. I sent Chase and Mixon for Jefferson and a and a twenty five third. Um, just again, rental mode, love having Jefferson and Dynasty, and I don't need him this year, so not really worried about, you know, hamstringies or that's anything. A, that's a great – that's an interesting trade. I love it. I mean, you put the – you put it out there. I mean, there's no question about that. I Hey, I loved – I like Jefferson better than Chase. So, I mean, you just got to hope that somehow he gets the quarterback. That's all. The only advantage I think you have with Chase is you have Burrow. So that's the yeah. only – but yeah. I do think Jefferson's the better player. Yep, totally agree. I think John's spot on there. Um, and I'm a huge Jefferson fan, so I, I would take the Jefferson side as well. Though, uh, you know, man, Jamar has really been turning it on. I'll tell you what, uh, people were worried about T. Higgins. It's just not happening for T. Higgins. Uh, there's, there's no question about uh, where this offense flows through in its chase. I moved him off that roster last week, last week. So I moved a couple of T Higgins <laughs> off for, uh, yep. uh, pieces in the last couple of weeks. We got next week then um, on Thursday. Well, we've got obviously Thursday tailgate this week at noon. We will look at the Thursday night game specifically prop bets, start sets, whatever you want to talk about. We'll talk about join us live in the chat on the goat district YouTube channel. And then on Thursday night, at 7 p.m., we roll pregame, and we'll be looking at uh, kind of the rest of the weekends in the weekend tailgate. Next week, Thursday tailgate, Dan, we got Mike Shopes from the Deep End, who you guys were watching probably earlier on this very channel. And um, I don't know, I'm trying to get Theo or somebody to, to, to join us here next Tuesday night, but uh, you guys were awesome in the chat as usual. John, just like like Dan said, I, I want to go run through sprinklers right now, or, or you know, <laughs> go streaking as <laughs> as the movie says. After spending an hour talking fantasy with you, you're always fun to talk to. You're always full of information. Love the takes. You're pretty accurate with them, which we love. Um, but in all seriousness, remind the people where they can find you out there on the X machine, of course, the big board, and anywhere else they can find your goodness. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. I just want to give one note. If you need a running back in the draft in a dynasty league, you're in trouble next year. The running back class has collapsed. Like literally, literally collapsed, right? I mean, it's bad. 
Right now it's bad, but that's a different story. Oh, hopefully, you, hopefully you guys stuck to the end of the show because that's probably an important note to know if you're playing Dynasty. Yes, trade for people. That, but that's it. now the wide receivers are loaded. But anyways, find me on the X machine at Gridiron Skull um, ninety one. I couldn't afford the A and the R, so it's Gridiron Skull ninety one. Go check me out there. All my college stuff is on fan tracks right now, and all my DFS stuff is on Football Diehards. Dan, it was nice to have you back, brother. Uh, you know, it's nice to see you and the wife living it up, though. That retired life, you guys are having fun, some baseball <laughs> games and, you know, some boat rides and all. But, uh, no, glad to have you back. We'll be back on Thursday, guys. Check us out on the Goat District channel. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on your favorite platform. If you're on Apple, make sure you're on the latest with the stream, the most updated stream. Guys, go crush tomorrow night waiver wires ffpc make sure you go crush at week seven we'll help you tonight rest of the week to get those dubs we'll check you all You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash off is the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy Trade's not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish, fish, fish.